Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And once again, welcome everybody to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Friday. I tell you, we have got a great show. I'm going to recap the Thursday night game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. That was a fun game. Got some NFL additions that I'm going to talk about. We got some high school football playoffs this evening in Alabama and in Georgia. And I'm also going to have my college football preview and NFL preview show. So stay tuned for that. But first, we had a Thursday night football game last night between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins, and it was actually kind of exciting. Tua Tagovailova came in in relief for Jacoby Brissett, and the Miami Dolphins surprised the Ravens by winning 22-10. This included a no-disputed goal line. Looked like the Miami Dolphins player was in, but they had to settle for the field goal to go up 9-3. An Xavier Howard fumble return. The defense really held Lamar Jackson at bay. And that's the key. If you can contain Lamar Jackson and make him one-dimensional, you got a shot. And I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC. A lot of people think the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender, but they have some flaws. They also have to play the Browns twice and the Steelers twice. So it's going to be a very tough schedule for the Baltimore Ravens. Six and three, and they haven't really played anybody in their division. Just the Cincinnati Bengals, which they lost to. So they're 0-1 in their division. Miami, they were one of the favorites to make the playoffs this year. They have won two straight. So good for them. Hopefully Tua can win his job back. And the Miami Dolphins can get back on track as they will take on the New York Jets next week. So we had some additions in the NFL As we had Odell Beckham Jr. sign with the Los Angeles Rams. The rich get richer. Oh boy, not another L.A. team that's signing superstars to try to buy a championship. This just is typical L.A. So Matthew Stafford has another weapon to throw to. Cooper Cup is actually leading the NFL in receiving yards. And now they get Odell Beckham Jr. Also, you have Cam Newton returning to Carolina. You know, Carolina's quarterback issues are a mess right now with Sam Darnold being out and Cam Newton makes his return to the team that drafted him the team which he won an MVP in 2015 I still think Cam Newton could play some of the fan base is going to be excited don't have to give away your Cam Newton jerseys just yet he'll more than likely wear number one and Cam Newton jerseys will be back on the shelf it's always nice to see a big time athlete who was famous at a place return home I always talk about this on my show, talking about when Tom Glavin returned to the Braves. So on this Friday, we do have some local sports to talk about as the Columbus River Dragons will have their home opener tonight against the Carolina Thunderbirds at the Civic Center as they get ready for a two-game series. They are 0-2 on the season after taking one on the chin 
in a two-game series last week against the Port Huron Wolves. And the 2021 Ignite Defending Cup champions are back in action. This is going to be a great time in the city of Columbus because we do have the Columbus State Cougars men's basketball team that's in action tonight against Barton College. And their first home game is going to be this Monday at the Lumpkin Center. Finally, we will get to see fans at the Lumpkin Center. We have not seen this since before the pandemic started with all the shutdowns. I actually was at the game February of 2020 against Clayton State. They will take on Moorhead State, a great, great matchup for the Columbus State Cougars. And I am looking forward to what Coach Moore has to offer for this Cougars team that two years ago they reached the Peach Belt Conference title game. What can they do in the Peach Belt Conference this year? And that's something to think about. I'd like to see what they are capable of doing. So Monday night at the Lumpkin Center, the Columbus State Cougars will take on Morehouse College at 7.30 p.m. And you can watch the game on Cougar Sports TV. Follow all the play-by-play by the legendary Scotty Moore, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus State Cougars. Put a good word. Put a good word for him. Put a good word in for me, Scotty. So I am really excited about local sports here in Columbus. Tonight is also opening night of high school basketball as Russell County will take on Bullock County at the Russell County Junior High Gymnasium. They won't move into the high school gymnasium until December the 1st. As many of you know, I am the public address announcer for Russell County, but my season will not start until December the 1st. Their first two games are going to be at the junior high, and they do not have a PA sound system. No worries, but we will get back on track. I'm looking forward to calling the games this year. And we have a busy slate of college football games this weekend. Just going over some of the ranked teams, you have Oklahoma traveling to Baylor. Does the Oklahoma Sooners finally get a loss during the season? They are favored by five and a half, but it is in Baylor. That is a tricky game, but I remember seeing the Oklahoma Sooners, led by Jalen Hurts, come from behind against Baylor. So they are capable of doing that with their talented quarterback, freshman Caleb Williams. But if they want to impress the voters, they've got to blow Baylor out. They've got to have some big games, which they do have in front of them, against Iowa State and then Oklahoma State to close out the season. If Oklahoma wants to get into consideration for the college football playoff, they're going to have to start winning these games convincingly. Another game, Purdue just seems to Purdue just seems to sneak up on people. They will take on Ohio State. Purdue has already beaten the number sec, the number 2 team in the country and the number 3 team in the country in Iowa and Michigan State. Can they do it again against the fourth-ranked team in the country, Ohio State, who after losing that game to Oregon, they have been on a roll. They had some defensive coordinator changes, and C.J. Stroud is getting more confident as he has Chris Olave to throw to. And Ohio State is favored by three touchdowns. Ohio State has got to impress the voters because they have a slate of games coming up where they will take on Michigan State and they will take on Michigan With three games left to go, the remaining teams on their schedule are ranked, including the last two in the top 10. Ohio State can still run the table, and I still think that they are the team that could give Georgia the best shot if Georgia 
wins out, which they are favored to win all their games for the remess for the remainder for the remainder of the season. Of course, Georgia will take on Tennessee in Knoxville. This is a rivalry game, and Georgia is favored by 20 points. Georgia has been comfortable all year. Their defense has not shown any flaws. However, they will be without their leading, their sack leader, Adam Anderson, who has been suspended indefinitely. But Georgia has shown they have depth as Kirby Smart has gotten top five recruiting classes ever since he came to Georgia, and his main focus has been defense. Other ranked teams in the SEC, you have Texas A&M traveling to Oxford, Mississippi to take on Ole Miss. Texas A&M can run the table, win out their games, and hope Alabama loses to Auburn, and they can play Georgia in the SEC championship game. It is a possibility. Whether or not they make it into the college football playoff, Well, that's hard to tell because a two-loss team has never made it into the college football playoff. Other ranked teams going through NC State and Wake Forest. You know, both teams are ahead of Clemson in the Atlantic Coastal Division in the ACC Coastal. And the winner of that game is in the driver's seat. Remember, NC State has got the tiebreaker against Clemson. And then Wake Forest will play Clemson next week on ESPN. That's a noon game. So there's still a possible chance that one of these teams can win the ACC and get to a New Year's Six bowl game. Looking at some of the local teams here in Georgia, Georgia Tech will have a home game against Boston College. You have Coastal Carolina that's going to play Georgia State. You have Georgia Southern that's going to play Texas State. And then over in the FCS, you have Kennesaw State traveling to Florence, Alabama to take on North Alabama as they are 8-1 on the season. And Mercer will have a home game against Chattanooga. Over into NCAA Division II, we have some intriguing matchups to include Shorter taking on North Greenville. You have West Georgia hosting Delta State. And you have Valdosta State taking on West Florida. Remember at one time, West Florida was the number one team in NCAA Division II after Georgia State defeated them. Valdosta State is still undefeated. And a couple of years ago, they won the NCAA Division II championship. Can they repeat again? And then in NCAA Division Three, got to give some love to the Panthers from LaGrange College as they will host a and got to give some love to the LaGrange Panthers as they will take on Huntington College as they are 2-7 and seven on the year, hosting another game over at Callaway Stadium. So we have quite the action in high school football playoffs. Last night at Callaway Stadium, so we have high school playoffs all across the Chattahoochee Valley. Some of the intriguing matchups. So last night, in the first round of the Georgia high school playoffs for 4A, the Tigers from Troop County hosted a game against Spalding County. But it was a defensive struggle, and they lost the game 10-3. Now, Troop County closes the season with an 8-3 record. Very impressive before they move on to 4A, before they move on to another region, as they will realign the schools for the state of Georgia. Tonight at Callaway Stadium, the Callaway Cavaliers for 2A will host Preparel. Callaway 7-2 on the season. Preparel is 5-5 five five on the year. The Cavaliers from Callaway are trying to defend their state title they won last season for 2A. The Grangers from LaGrange will travel on the road to Milledgeville, Georgia to take on the Baldwin Braves, who won their league for Region 4. So good luck to the Grangers. Tonight in Columbus, 
the Carver Tigers will host a playoff game against Wes Lawrence. So these are all first-round matchups for the state of Georgia. Over in private school single A, you have St. Ann Pacelli that will host a playoff game this Saturday against Landmark Christian. And Brookstone is on the road on Saturday taking on Whitefield Academy. Also another playoff game as Calvary Christian will be on the road to take to, to take on Skip Stone Academy. Moving over to also we have Harris County for 5A taking on Dutchtown. That game will be a road contest for the Harris County Tigers. It's always a great time for high school playoffs in the state of Georgia as we are just getting started. Over in the state of Alabama, we have round two matchups as Central takes their undefeated record. As Central hosts Theodore that has one loss on the season, Central comes into this contest 11-0 on the season after defeating Daphne last week, 38-7. You also have Auburn taking on Enterprise. These are two teams in 7A Region 2 going up against each other. Auburn defeated Enterprise earlier in the regular season. Moving on to 6A, Opelika will take on one of the top teams in 6A, Spanish Fort. And finally, the Gators from Glenwood will travel to Troy, Alabama to take on Pike Liberal Arts. Glenwood 6-4 on the season. Had a very nice start for their playoff trip as they took on Clark Prep last weekend and defeated them 55 to nothing. So we have some intriguing matchups in the National Football League this week for Week 10. As the Atlanta Falcons, they have some momentum going into this game against the Dallas Cowboys, who are favored by nine, but you also got to factor in that the Falcons now have an identity on offense. They still can't run the ball, but they are relying on Matt Ryan to give the ball to their playmakers, Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. I'm very impressed with the way the wide receivers, Russell Gage and Zacchaeus, has been stepping up in the absence of Calvin Ridley while he is out dealing with his mental health issues. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys, who lost a head-scratcher last week to the Denver Broncos, trying to bounce back. This is a reunion for the Atlanta Falcons as they will match up against their former head coach, Dan Quinn, as he anchors the defense for the Cowboys. Remember, this is a rematch from the game last year where the Cowboys won on a failed onside kick where they were able to come where they were able to come back on the Falcons early in the season last year. This Cowboys team made a lot of mistakes in that game. This is a different Cowboys team with a defense. Matt Ryan needs to avoid throwing into Trayvon Diggs area, but I feel this game is going to be a shootout. And I think Dallas wins, but the Falcons will keep it close. And that offense is going to get their points. Interesting note about the Falcons' defense is Dante Fowler Jr. may not go. But how about the play of A.J. Terrell? He is starting to become one of the top cornerbacks in the National Football League. The matchup I want to see is Amari Cooper going up against A.J. Terrell. Also, wide receiver Michael Gallup is going to be back in action for the Cowboys. The Cowboys just have weapons everywhere. Dak Prescott, when he has time to throw the football has got weapons to include Cedric Wilson, 
C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and now Michael Gallup. Moving on to some of the other matchups in the National Football League. The New Orleans Saints taking on the best team in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. They continue winning despite not having Derrick Henry in the lineup. Can the New Orleans Saints get a bounce-back victory on the road against Tennessee? I actually think Tennessee is just playing with this sense of urgency where they're trying to to win their home games. Ryan Tannehill's not having a great season, but it's the defense for Tennessee that's stepped up. And I think the Titans will probably get the victory here. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. They have an extra couple days to prepare. The Jaguars getting their second victory on the season. You can tell that the Jaguars are playing hard. They're playing hard for their head coach, Urban Meyer. But I think Indianapolis gets the win because they are at home. This is the game I really want to see at 1 o'clock. You have the Cleveland Browns. They're not going to have Nick Chubb in the lineup. He's out because of COVID protocols. They will take on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Two very talented defenses going up against each other. Mac Jones is a good game changer. He is a game manager that is able to not make the big mistake. And that's the one thing about the Patriots is they do not beat themselves. They have an outstanding coaching staff and they should be able to get the win here. Buffalo, after losing last week to the Jaguars will take on the Jets, and they're favored by 12. They should get the victory, although Mike White, you never know what you're going to get with Mike White. He is a quarterback that can get the job done, and they are playing in New Jersey, so that might be a game that the Bills, if they're not too careful, they can lose that game. Oh, boy. The Detroit Lions, the hopeless Lions, trying to find their first win of the season Going up against a Steelers team that's 5-3. and three. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record. But after that debacle Monday night against the Bears where the referees just gave the Steelers the game, can the Steelers build that momentum on a short week and beat a Lions team that does have some fight in them? But the Steelers are favored for a reason, and they're playing at home. You got Tom Brady coming off a bye, taking on the Washington football team in Washington. This team, this Washington football team, is not the same team that made the playoffs last year. They have major issues at quarterback, and their defense is not as dominant as they once were. But this is a rematch of that first-round playoff game where Tom Brady started his roadshow to the Super Bowl. Another interesting game, the Carolina Panthers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals should have Kyler Murray back. I don't know if Cam Newton is going to be ready to play for Carolina, so I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Carolina is starting to struggle, and Arizona is getting hot at the right time. So I think Arizona wins this game because they will have some of their weapons back. You got the Minnesota Vikings. They lost a heartbreaker last week to the Baltimore Ravens, taking on the Los Angeles Chargers, who lost to the Patriots. This Chargers team is a very good football team. They're playing at home. They should get the victory here. You got the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Denver Broncos, 3-6. The Broncos, 5-4. This is a good football team. I know that the message they sent to the team was after they shipped off Vaughn Miller, we're giving up on the season, but they do have a talented defense, and Teddy Bridgewater is a formidable quarterback. The CBS game of the week, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is still in COVID protocol, so Jordan Love will get his second start of the year. 
and Russell Wilson returns for the Seahawks. This is one of those games where the Seahawks can pick up the victory, and they're back in playoff contention. The Sunday night game, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking on the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. That should be a very interesting game. All the turmoil the Raiders have felt that have dealt all the turmoil the Raiders have dealt with this season, but Patrick Mahomes has a very good record against the Raiders, and as they're five and four, their defense is getting better, and I think the Chiefs get the victory there. So the Monday night game, Odell Beckham Jr. might be playing for the Rams. It's in San Francisco. I know that Kyle Shanahan has a winning record against Sean McVay. I know that the 49ers beat them twice last year. But this season, it looks like it's a lost season for San Francisco. The injuries are just too much to overcome. I know they got George Kittle back last year. I know they got George Kittle back last week. But that was embarrassing to have second strainers push the 49ers around for the Cardinals. And I think the Rams, who are one of the best teams in the NFC, Jalen Ramsey is going to shut down Debo Samuel. Aaron Donald is going to push around that offensive line. They don't have Mike McClinchy. Colton McKivitz is going to start at right tackle. And I think the 49ers are in trouble, and they might get blown out at home. They haven't had a winning record at Levi Stadium since they've been there, which is embarrassing. And as a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan, I am embarrassed to call myself a 49ers fan. It's been great since I was a kid. So when you're a 49ers fan, you have two sections. You have that first part of my life from 1982 to 1998, where the 49ers won five Super Bowls. They had a winning record every year, at least 10 wins, all the way until 1998. And they also reached five other times They have reached the NFC Championship game. How did they do it? They had an incredible owner. Hall of Fame owner Edward DeBarlow Jr., which was one of the best owners. They had the best offensive mind in football with Bill Walsh. And even when Bill Walsh retired in 1988, and they gave the keys to the franchise to George Seifert, they were still great. And then the salary cap era happened after 1995. They didn't have a running game. When they won their last Super Bowl in 1994, yes, they bought a Super Bowl. Getting Deion Sanders, getting Richard Dent, getting Gary Plummer. I know him, by the way. They had such a great team. And it's hard to compete when you have a Hall of Fame wide receiver, probably the greatest to ever play the position. You've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So what happened? What happened to the 49ers? Well, I remember as a kid watching every single 49er game. Remember, there was no NFL Red Zone. There was no watching highlights on YouTube. There was no watching highlights on Twitter back in 1999. I went to Freed Hardman in Henderson, Tennessee in 1999, so I missed almost every single 49er game in the 1999 season. That was one of those seasons where I was scratching my head, what happened Steve Young got hurt. I know they went 3-1 and one to start the season. Jeff Garcia came in. But they had disastrous quarterback play with Steve Sendstrom. And they were not competitive. They went 4-12 and 12 that year. A disaster. Then in 2000, they went 6-10. and 10, And they lost a lot of their players from those Super Bowl teams. And they were trying to rebuild. And plus, they had a new owner. John York was one of the worst owners in all of sports. So that first 20 years of my life, they had a great owner. And then the last 20 years, up to this point, they've had mediocre 
at best. John York takes over. Jed York takes over for John York. He's not that great of an owner. And in the last 20 seasons, the 49ers have only had four winning seasons with four playoff appearances. Say what you want about Kyle Shanahan. He is a great offensive genius. But is he a great head coach, a leader of men? I don't think he is. He caught lightning in a bottle in 2019 because Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy. They had all the ingredients. They did very well in the draft getting Nick Bosa and Dre Greenlaw, and they had all the pieces in place to reach the Super Bowl. But that was a one-hit wonder. Kyle Shanahan, since he took over in 2017, has had losing seasons every single year. And now... The San Francisco 49ers are in trouble. Now, I was very impressed with what they did when Jim Harbaugh took over in 2011 and they went to three straight NFC title games, but the 49ers have not been a very well-run organization the last 20 years. They got to get the right coach. They got to get the right quarterback. I'm not 100% sure Trey Lance is the right quarterback, but let's see. It's a wait-and-see thing with the 49ers, but they have been not all that popular since... Edward DeBarlow sold the team to his sister in 1999, and John York pretty much ran the franchise into the ground. Do I need to talk about Jim Tomsula, Dennis Erickson, or Chip Kelly? No, I don't think I do. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast, and don't forget that I am always on every social media platform, and I will talk to you Monday. I hope you have a great weekend of watching sports. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.